This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I'm so glad you are here. I love hanging out with people who are motivated to be more and do more. It's exciting to be surrounded by positive people who want to grow and live to their full potential. I know that's you or you wouldn't have landed here. My goal in bringing you this podcast is to help you take control of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This episode is sponsored by WESC, Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan. WESC is proud to be celebrating 25 years of supporting women entrepreneurs to start, grow, and scale their businesses. In 25 years, WESC has provided over $38 million in financing and can support you in rebounding above and beyond in this difficult time. Regardless of where you are at in your entrepreneurial journey, WESC is here to help you make your business dreams come true with advice, financing, training, and events. Join their community of over 1,200 members across the province by visiting WESC today. That's W-E-S-K dot C-A. This is episode 022. Take matters into your own hands in today's changing world with Prabha Mitchell. As I talked about in the last episode of Few Minute Motivation, opportunity can present itself in many ways, and in today's conversation, we're going to talk about how you can find it. One entrepreneur I admire is the founder of the billion-dollar brand Spanx. Sarah Blakely got the idea to invent Spanx when she tried on a pair of white pants and didn't like how she looked. To smooth out the lines and cover her panty line, she cut the feet off of her pantyhose. To her surprise, it created a much smoother look that made her feel more confident, even in white pants. This solved her problem and the idea of Spanx was born. She knew nothing about that industry because at the time she was selling photocopiers. But that's not unusual for entrepreneurs. They're driven by ideas and are willing to put in the effort to learn and they work relentlessly to make their idea succeed. As Sarah was once quoted saying, when something I can't control happens, I ask myself, where is the hidden gift? What is the positive in this? This is the exact purpose of today's conversation, to explore the idea of possibility in today's changing times and take matters into your own hands. Our guest today, Prabha Mitchell, is the Chief Executive Officer of WESC, formerly Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan Incorporated. In her role, Prabha is responsible for the strategic and operations management of the organization. 
Leading over 1,000 members, the organization offers a breadth of programs and services to support women while they start, grow, and scale their business. With a Master of Social Work and Community Development, Policy and Planning, Prabha has a diverse career spanning 28 years, which has included leading organizations through change for strategic growth, achievement of vision, mission, and competitive positioning. Driven by the principle, begin with the end in mind, Prabha is passionate about defining a vision and steering the organization in the right direction. Fueled by the spirit of doing the right thing, Prabha embraces courage and integrity as a leader. Welcome to the show, Prabha. I am so excited that you're here to share with us today, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, Carlos. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So let's, uh, let's kind of begin with the work of WESC and tell us a little bit about you because through your bio and your introduction, of course, I've kind of given the, the first version of who you are and what you do, but why don't you tell us a little bit more from your perspective? Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it might, I've got, I have a career that spans about 30, 32 years, um, very diverse experience. At one point um, in this journey, I did have my own consulting practice focusing on strategic planning, government relations, advocacy. Um, in my previous role, I actually was leading an accounting designation and was um, very keenly and uh, deeply involved in um, negotiating um, the unification of the accounting profession. So bringing together CA, CMAs, um, and CGAs to create CPA, Saskatchewan. Um, so that was a, it was an incredibly challenging initiative. Um, something that had been tried for over 30 years and we were finally able to make that happen. Um, and following that significant um, initiative, um, I was offered the position as uh, CEO of WESC. Um, it's been a six year journey and actually um, tomorrow or even today would be six years in this role. Um, it's been an incredible journey. I feel very privileged and fortunate to have been in this role for six years. My understanding and learning of women entrepreneurs um, has, has, has been significant. I've met some of the most inspiring people um, through this, this role. Um, about three, in 2017, I'd been here, in 2016, I'd been in the role for about two years. Um, I'd conducted some assessments and um, had determined that point that it was important for WESC, at, you know, we were, we'd been around for 22 years, it was really important for WESC to remain relevant and we knew that the environment is so dynamic and things are changing constantly and we wanted to make sure that WESC is supporting women entrepreneurs in a timely and relevant way with programs and services that were responsive to what the entrepreneurs needed. So we began the exercise of sort of rebranding WESC and at that point we were women entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan so we built out a new visual identity that was really professional, that was dynamic, it was bold. Um, but it was not just a new visual identity with, you know, sort of renaming women entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan as WESC. With that visual identity came a few brand promises, as I call it. Um, one was that we wanted to build a, a, an inclusive brand. So we also wanted to meet the needs of Indigenous women entrepreneurs. We wanted to meet the needs of women entrepreneurs in all stages of business growth. So while we, for 22 years, had supported women start a business and maintain a business, um, it was thought um, important 
to start to support women scale their business. And, you know, through my journey here, um, understanding and recognizing that women entrepreneurs are um, engines of economic growth in our province. And um, we really have not made a solid business case for investing in women entrepreneurs. And really, that's what we've started to do in the last few years. And that resulted in the creation of the advisory committee um, to enable women to scale their business in Saskatchewan. Um, as part of the brand promise, you know, and, and focusing on Indigenous women entrepreneurs, we uh, launched Matstick, a program to support Indigenous women entrepreneurs. And this year, as part of our brand promise, we're launching the exchange to support women scale their business. Oh, and I'm so excited that I actually have the opportunity to participate in that. So I'm really grateful for the fact that WESC is constantly evolving. And I mean, really, our world is constantly changing and it is evolving. So I'm glad that the support system is there for all female entrepreneurs. Now, can you maybe talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and what it really is? What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? Well, you know, um, Entrepreneurship, if you ask me to describe entrepreneurship in one word, I see entrepreneurs as problem solvers. And through times such as these, like where the pandemic has cast such a shadow over, over our economy, over what we do and you know, our, our, um, our business growth, um, it's like the black swan swooped in on us you know, all of a sudden in March, entire, our community changed, our province changed, our country changed, the world changed. But I think what remains steadfast about an entrepreneur is they're problem solvers and they find innovative solutions to challenges. So through the pandemic, I know that our entrepreneurs really took the opportunity to assess their business, to look at how they're doing business. What are they doing? Can they do things differently? So the, the sort of the, the downtime, the slow time really uh, turned out to be sort of um, long-term planning for our entrepreneurs, a lot of them pivoted and you know really shifted to more of an online model. And so it was literally the pandemic created some opportunities in terms of fast forward technology. Things that we would have considered three years from now, we were forced to consider you know this year in 2020. And so I see I see entrepreneurs as problem solvers. But the other defining attribute from my experience with entrepreneurs is, is they have grit. And what is grit? Grit is is a combination of passion and perseverance. So they're so passionate. We're passionate about women entrepreneurs and our, our entrepreneurs are passionate about what they do, but they are also very determined and they stay the course the long term. So I remember somebody describing grit, the lady that defined the concept of grit talks about, you know, grit is about not, um, not you know, staying the course of a marathon. So, so conducting your business like you're in a marathon, you're here for the long run, it's not a sprint. And that's the quality I see in entrepreneurs. You know, they're here for the long haul. Yes, failures, you know, they fall down, they bounce back up. That resilience is incredible. And so, yes, in what is entrepreneurship? Problem solvers, innovators, resilient, and grit. And those for me are the key attributes of entrepreneurs. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I feel like that describes me over the last 27 years. <laughs> it's so good. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. What drives them to get back up? Like, do you have any examples? Actually, there's two questions here. Do you have any examples of what a problem is that someone might want to solve? 
because perhaps there's someone listening today that is like, I'd love to test myself out. I'd like to try out being an entrepreneur. I'm very passionate. I've got the grit she's referencing, but what problem could I solve? Could you give us a few examples perhaps? Yeah, you know, I give an example. I always hesitate because when, when I identify a particular woman entrepreneur or business, by no way am I saying that, um, you know, that the, the other women entrepreneurs with some fantastic ideas, products, services, and businesses, um, you know, are not on par. But the, the thought or the, the idea that comes to mind and is the, the whole concept of, you know, when people are, I'm going to use the tech sector as an example, when, you know, you have people uh, developing apps to look at, you know, what is the price of a product and, you know, how can we compare prices of different products? And here's an app that helps you compare that. And then the pandemic hits and this entrepreneur kind of said, well, everybody's running low on sanitizers, hand sanitizers or, you know, wipes or Kleenex or all these different things around, um, you know, safety um, through a pandemic. And so then pivoting the business so that you're actually able to tell, you know, which store has those supplies. So I don't have to go out and, you know, be standing in long lineups and I can be safe and I can stay home and use this app and determine where I need to go to get, you know, that the, the product I need. So the creativity is just incredible. And that's just only one example, Corliss, because it's multiple examples and multiple businesses and multiple women entrepreneurs have responded to the pandemic um, in such a creative and innovative way. And I, I think that that is really the, that is really important um, for women entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs generally is that ability to um, be agile and to be responsive. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's perhaps a problem that the entrepreneur has experienced himself and found a solution to, because I know like in my own experience, thinking about like when the pandemic happened, I have been personally working as an entrepreneur from home for 27 years. And I raised three children while I was building and developing my business from home. And as I was doing that, I mean, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. I had to be self-motivated. And I recognized very quickly talking with people that their issue was, I'm at home, I got all these distractions how do I do this? How do I manage this all? So in response, I thought, you know, I can help people with this because I've been through this myself. So I decided that I would offer a webinar, you know, just for free to people to offer them some suggestions of things that I had done personally over the years to manage it all. And I asked them a specific question. So this was, this is getting to the heart of what the problem is that I wanted to solve and identifying what that problem was. So I asked the question, if, you know, if I could help you with anything right now that you're struggling with, what's the biggest thing? And I was really quite surprised because 95% came back with saying, I'm, I'm struggling with motivation. And that really surprised me. I hadn't even thought of that. And, and it kind of made a light bulb go off for me saying, okay, well, why am I so motivated? And then that came back to, you know, me kind of creating some content that was going to help people with finding their own motivation. And that, that meant very much connecting to a goal and, you know, a purpose behind what they're, why they wanted to share this product or do this business that they wanted to do or that they wanted to do. So I kind of, I kind of get that a lot. And I hope that helps the listeners. If you're thinking about what could I possibly do as an entrepreneur, just think about something that you've been through personally and you needed help with, and you've found your way. And now you can share that with other people to help them.
Yeah, and I've seen this uh, said in, uh, you know, what you said also said as uh, by Simon um, Sinek said as, you know, the why precedes the what and the how. And if we can, if we can get in touch with the why and the purpose, then the rest comes. So true. That's also the the part, the second part of my question I wanted to ask you because it what dri- it's what will drive you to get up, to get back up. It will it'll force you or inspire you, not even force you. It it'll just inspire you to keep getting up because the purpose is so much bigger. That why is going to pull you. Yeah, absolutely, Corliss. Um, you know, I say that I don't work a day in my life because I love what I do. Um, and it really is about making an impact. And it's about us building a province where women entrepreneurs can scale their business, where the barriers for women entrepreneurs are minimized, eliminated. I think we have an opportunity to be a leader in the country to lead this uh, for Canada, especially with the creation of the Saskatchewan Advisory Committee and the work that the committee has done. Um, so, you know, I, I think. Um, I think the fact that we can make a difference, I think the fact that we can, we have, we can make an impact and, and much even bigger than that is the fact that I, I think people in our province need to understand that our women entrepreneurship is not just about, uh, it's important, it's about gender equality, it's about gender equity, but it relates and impacts every citizen of our province because it is about economic growth. Guess what? I just opened the registration for a brand new session of the Lead Your Life Masterclass. If you're looking to feel more purpose and direction in your life or need help defining goals that inspire you, I'd like to invite you to work with me through this four-week program. Over the last three years, I've watched this program help like-minded women step into their personal power. It's simply incredible to see the transformation and confidence, clarity, and passion that they have found. If you're ready to have that for yourself, you should check it out now at corliss.ca. Classes are limited to only 12 because of the personal coaching and guidance that you'll receive. I'd really like to help you lead a life you love. Register now at corliss.ca. So is this why we need more female business leaders? We need female business, more female business leaders for several reasons. One of them is economic growth. and. Um, I, I can send you a, a lot of research and studies that actually make a direct correlation between uh, the number of female founders on a board um, and financial performance. I mean, there have been studies that say this is that over a 10 year period, there's a 30% increase in revenues. But the other thing about female leaders generally is the diversity that they bring to the table. Because what happens is when you have different perspectives and different viewpoints, you are actually making a much better decision, much sounder decision, because you've considered all perspectives. And I think having women at the table and bringing that diversity really enhances the quality of decision making. So there's the economic piece as a quality of decision making. And honestly, we need uh, we need women in powerful positions. We need more women in power. We need more women um, at board tables. We need more women in uh, influential decision-making roles. We need to make sure that we're truly advancing gender equality in every way. And I'll make one more comment about gender equality for those that like the economic cases. You know, advancing gender equality through through entrepreneurial activity can add anywhere between 150 to 420 billion to our national GDP. So there's another reason that we should be thinking about it. Wow, are we closing the gap? Um, we, we are 
we're working on closing the gap. I don't think it's going to be done tomorrow. Uh, WESC's vision statement is that, uh, you know, we are able to live in a Saskatchewan where all entrepreneurs have an equal opportunity to succeed and be recognized. We deliberately don't reference gender because mm -hmm. at, at some point our vision is an organization like West should have no need to exist. Um, and really that day, if that day came, then we've done our job. But the second, uh, you know, the second uh, reason is that we, um, we really want to create a province and a, a country where it's not about female entrepreneurs or male entrepreneurs, it's just entrepreneurs, that it's just leaders. It's not female leaders or male leaders. And you know, that's the day that I think we should all look forward to. Oh, I can't, I can't even tell you how much I love that because I know in my own line of work, like as a coach, when I'm coaching and mentoring someone and then they successfully are able to go out and lead and I see that, I just feel like I've done my job. If they are out there, you know, standing on their own, not needing a coach, so to speak, that means that I've done my job because they are truly leading and that doesn't matter if it's male or female or, or otherwise. So what are some of the key strategies then to succeed as an entrepreneur? You know, I mean, if you go back to what we do at WESC and, you know, that's a great reference point, I guess, for me to answer this question is, um, you know, the first, one of the first things we, we do here when somebody walks in with a business idea or an existing business and wanting to grow it is we connect them with a business advisor and really the business advisor serves as an advisor, a coach, but more importantly, um, really assessing, you know, what is your plan? What do you have a business plan? You know, have you have you actually got a business plan? Are you are you implementing the business plan? Um, I think you know, looking at um, what are, what is the entrepreneur strategy for growth? Where where are revenues coming from? What are the plans with the competition? I think the, our advisors actually walk them through that entire process uh, and provide strategies and tactics for business growth. Um, you know, handling the competitive environment. So I think it's really important. I think the basic thing is to make sure people have a good plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm hearing because earlier in our conversation, we talked about identifying the idea or problem to solve. Like, what is this that you want to do as an entrepreneur and then make a business plan and get advised as to how to actually execute that plan in the best way. Yeah, and, and financing, and I want to make this comment because I think it's important for our listeners to hear this is, and then if you're looking for financing, I mean, one of the drawbacks, um, you know, in the past at least with women entrepreneurs and not being able to scale is undercapitalization. So, you know, women don't like to be in debt and when they do go and ask for money, they don't ask for enough money. And because they don't ask for enough money, you know, they can create more products, they can hire more people, they can be more innovative. So undercapitalization actually is, is a significant challenge for women entrepreneurs. So I would say, you know, advice, coach, business plan, and, you know, seeking out enough capital that is required not only to start the operations, to, but to sustain the operations. Oh, that's so interesting because I can honestly say that I've personally fallen into that myself as to like why why is it hard for me to ask for help why is it hard for me to ask for money i why don't i like going into debt do you want to talk a little bit more about that like why is that difficult for women yeah you know i don't have the perfect answer to that question i think we're just wired that way uh you know 
we, we kind of, you know, people talk about debt and equity and us shifting our mindset. And I think that's important for us, for women to shift the mindset. Um, I think it's okay to go and ask uh, banks for a loan because we'll often see women entrepreneurs tapping into their savings um, to invest in their business. And we encourage women to actually seek out a loan. Uh, I mean, uh, places like West exist to support women that, you know, would be would be classified as um, as at risk by a traditional lending institution, and that's why we have West and our financing uh, program through West. Um, I think the mind shift is sh shifting, but if women entrepreneurs want to scale their business, it definitely requires more capital, and that's the bottom line. Mm, thank you for boldly talking about that because I do think that women are kind of wired that way overall and I think if we understand that it's a normal feeling and we recognize that we can change it that awareness is the first step to change and somehow in order to grow a business you need to understand it takes money to grow and to scale and that there's no shame in asking for that absolutely not it's probably the right thing to do Right. Well, thank you for giving us that insight. And I almost feel like it gives people permission, myself included, to feel okay with having some, you know, debt or loan in order to start and scale a business. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's kind of part of the awareness campaign that that we are engaging in is, you know, the undercapitalization of uh, female-owned businesses is a challenge. Mm -hmm. It is. It's real. It definitely exists. Is there anything else that you would really want to offer on this topic, you know, for our listeners that are thinking about being an entrepreneur or want to scale as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to the work of the Saskatchewan Advisory Committee, um, a group of 12 people who volunteered their time over eight months to develop recommendations that have been submitted to the government of Saskatchewan on some of the things we can do for women entrepreneurs to scale in our province. There were recommendations that were made in terms of three categories. One was, you know, more awareness. And, um, you know, I am going to say this, like when we talk about awareness of women entrepreneurs, it's not just a soft, um, you know, let's promote women entrepreneurs. I mean, it's a much bigger, hey, did you know that women entrepreneurs in our province contributed 23.1 billion to the economy in our province in 2019? Are you aware of that? And so I think it's really building that awareness of how much uh, women entrepreneurs contribute to the economy, how many jobs, 191,000 jobs in 2019, you know, uh, women-owned businesses tend to be labor intensive, which means actually they are, women entrepreneurs are a great source of um, job creation. Um, these are really important aspects for our economy. Um, so that was the awareness piece that the advisory committee made some recommendations on. And then there was an access to capital. And so it goes back to what I said earlier, Corliss, access to capital is key. Um, Women need to be able to access the money they need to scale their business. And so we had many ideas around that, including, you know, why is it that um, a lot of female-owned businesses are not funded by venture capitalist firms? And oftentimes it's unconscious bias and conscious bias, but we also don't have enough females on, on the decision-making teams. So we've talked about and recommend that, recommended that we build a pool of angel investors, female angel investors, right? That can, that can support female-owned businesses and maybe even serve as mentors for those female-owned businesses. And you know, the third category was really um, building a, a, 
a network and a hub where women can get connected, you know, digitally to everything they need. And so we're working on that recommendation right now. Um, and then the last category was more policies, right? What can our government do in terms of building scale enabling policies? And we had some recommendations around that. Things like incentivizing job growth, for example. So I think what I would say, so in closing, I mean, if this is the last question, I would say, I think, you know, those are really important um, buckets for, for women to consider as they scaling. Mm, I like it. I like it. It sounds to me like we really need more women to step up. We need more women to say, I want to step into this role. And that what was that figure again? Two point, how many billion did you say? 23.1 billion in 2019. And we do have a report that we put out, Corliss. It's on our website. It's a report we commissioned through PwC that has all the stats. Amazing. Amazing. Now this episode is called, I do still always have three closing questions. And of course, I want to give everybody an opportunity to connect with you or to follow you or to where they can find you. But this episode is called Take Matters Into Your Own Hands in Today's Changing World. If we were to summarize being an entrepreneur and taking matters into their own hand, is the title appropriate here today? How do you, how do you see this? Taking matters into your own, own hands is what you said? Yes. I, I think that's appropriate. I think, you know, we, we need to empower women uh, and inspire women to take charge, take the lead. Um, again, I want to emphasize, you know, it's really important for us to see the opportunities, even through a crisis, um, to bounce back, to be resilient, which are attributes of, of women anyway. Um, so I think um, what I want to leave our audience with today is, um, you can be what you see. And, and so we need inspiring role models, inspiring women entrepreneurs. And we have many in our community and we need to build more women into successful women entrepreneurs. So I think, you know, I think we're ready to do that. I think the time is right for women to, you know, start a business, to grow a business. I mean, is it going to be easy? No, but I think we have a bit of a culture shift that will support that. That statement, uh, you know how Oprah always says there's a tweetable moment? That's a tweetable moment. You can be what you see. I love that so much. You can be what you see. Now, how do people connect with you? Um, at WESC, in my email uh, is pmitchell at wesc.ca, pmitchell at wesc.ca. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on social media, so um, you can join my network on social media. Um, I think that those those two things would be the easiest way of get hold to get hold of me. Excellent. And if you're an entrepreneur, I want to personally endorse that you go and seek out the services of of Wesk because it it has helped me in so many ways. So I really encourage you to do so. Now, my three closing questions that I always ask all of my guests is: What does leadership mean to you? Yeah, for me, um, you know, I'm going to say leadership is about beginning with the end in mind. So you start with your vision and you define your vision and then you empower and inspire people to buy into your vision. Um, leadership for me is about courage and it's about being bold and it's about doing the right thing. It's not about being popular. It's, it's making those tough decisions you need to make as a leader. Um, it's about impact. You know, are you making a difference? Um, are you leaving the community or the place or whatever you found better 
than when you started in it or in the role or in the job or in the community. Um, it's also about legacy. You know, we, we need to build a community that's strong, that, that supports women entrepreneurs, that, that advances gender equality and gender equity. And so really it's also about, leadership is also about a legacy. Awesome. Just an awesome share. And if you had a book or a podcast that you really wanted to recommend, now I recognize there's so many out there, but perhaps there's one that really impacted you or you feel is maybe appropriate to, to the topic and to specifically to entrepreneurs. Is there anything you want to recommend right now? You know, it's an old book that I still reference, you know, it's, it's, it's decades old. It's uh, seven, the, it's Stephen Covey's, you know, uh, seven habits of um, effective people, highly effective people, and it's it's timeless. And what I do uh, read um, regularly is the Harvard Business Review, and they've come out with um, a lot of articles and tactics and strategies to lead through the pande pandemic and to to be an entrepreneur through this time. And I tend to read a lot of the Harvard Business Review articles and books. Mm. Awesome. I need to check that out myself. Now, life is filled with highs and lows, of course, and I'm sure you've experienced many yourself. If you could leave the audience with just one piece of advice based on everything that you've learned in your life, what would you want to leave them with? Even when, when I look back on my life um, and some of the most painful moments and the most catastrophic moments, and there have been a few of those, um, you know, I look back and I go, now, in hindsight, I go, thank you. Um, I thank the universe for those moments of pain and for those challenging times because it made me who I am. And I wouldn't be here talking on this, on this show, um, having this conversation with you, Corliss, if not for everything that happened that defines who I am today. And so I have no regrets. And I, I think it's very hard for us to see the silver lining when we are um, in, in despair and in agony. But I think um, we pull through those moments and, and become even stronger. Mm, I love it. I couldn't agree more. Thank you again so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been wonderful learning from you. Thank you, Corliss, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed the conversation. Take care. Take care, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.